0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Daniel Garvey here with you on SEN Afternoons with thanks to sbsfence.com.au. Great to have your company. Adam Collins from SEN Cricket uh, is with us on the line. So much to talk about with Colo. Uh, This is just a a fascinating moment for the Australian Test team, the replacement for David Warner. Uh, There have been so many alternating narratives over the past four or five days or so in regards to who will take over. And I think we love that sort of stuff. I mean, there's too much controversy sometimes in sport. I reckon the average fan just loves talking about what's going to happen with their team and on the fields. And this stuff gets people talking more than anything else. Colo, it's uh, it's good fodder, mate. As I say, hello and good
0: new, good new year to you. Happy new year, garby Yeah, that's right. It's exactly that. I think that, Uh, It's been one of those uh, storylines which has evolved in the absence of wider comment from the decision makers. This is just... I think Jared Waitley made this point on our coverage the other day. It's been allowed to play out organically, and that's allowed space and it's allowed things to change, and the biggest intervention has been that Stephen Smith himself said after play on night three of the Sydney Test match that he's keen to do it. Now, that was a That was an unusual opinion. that I was advancing a couple of months ago that maybe that would be a good fit, Steve Smith, give him one more challenge. I didn't for a second think that Smith himself would come to it. I thought that he'd be far more set in his ways and keen to stay on at number four where he's batted for the last seven years. He's barely batted out of that place. Batted for a time when he was captain in the early stage of his captaincy with great effects. But I didn't think he'd be the kind of guy who'd want to change things up too much. But um, he's proven me wrong there. He's fairly uh, strident in his opinion that he wouldn't mind that challenge Mm. of going to the top of the list. And what that would do is free up Australia to bat Cameron Green at number four. And that's ultimately where Green's going to bat, right? So if you take the bigger picture, the the wider lens on this, is Australian cricket served better by Cameron Green getting his feet under the desk at number four now against the West Indies in in a series they'll win handsomely and onto New Zealand after that and giving him four test matches ahead of India next year? Or are they better served by going with a specialist opener, so Bancroft, Renshaw, Harris type character, and leaving Green out of the side for the rest of the Australian summer. So that's the that's the tension and that's the decision the selectors have to make.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're right. It won't make too much of a difference against the Windies at home. They could bring in any number of players and, and they'll beat them comfortably. But then we've got New Zealand away in a couple of test matches, which mm. will be a challenge. Basin Reserve in Wellington uh, 29th of February, that first test starts, and then uh, in Christchurch in the eighth, on the 8th of March. So as easy as these two tests will be against the Windies, it's a chance to experiment a little and bed these players into familiar positions they're perhaps not as familiar with. It looks as if green comes in no matter what, right? That feels like the more likely scenario from the outside, which you can understand if that call is ratified, considering the age structure of the team and the fact that mm, he is 24 mm. and so super
0: talented. Well, look, he is very young and very talented and they've invested a lot of time in him. And he has been maturing nicely that century. He made at Umdabad earlier this year was a symbol of that. I know it was on a flat track, but still, you've got to make of him, right? And it's against a high-quality bowling attack and Ashwin bowled brilliantly on the day and he handled that spin nicely. And I'm sure it'll be Ashwin and co out here next year playing against Australia. So that's all, that's all context as well. Um, but I don't know whether it's simple, uh, as simple as Green coming in regardless because I, I don't think there's a vacancy unless it's at the top of the list so if they go with someone outside of the current squad so in other words what you would call a specialist opener from shield cricket then there probably won't be room for green in the short term and I can't imagine a scenario where they bring in a specialist opener for two test matches and jettison that that opener um, between now and next summer they'll give them at least those four test matches to bet into the side they won't make the mistake of chopping and changing which has been a challenge for selectors in the past so Yeah, it does feel like even though in the very short term, the Wendy's test matches are unlikely to be overly competitive, the decision they make ahead of it will likely have ramifications across the next 12 months Mm. or so with that high-profile marquee series across five test matches against India this time next year.
1: So obviously, if if Green comes in, uh, it means that Smith goes up to open. So that would be the move. Um, I read an article today by Crash Craddock, which speaks about Smith's average when he's come in in the first two overs of an innings. He's averaging over a hundred. So there's something Mm. about him that seems to connect when he is asked to face the new ball. His last 13 test innings. He's only passed 50 twice and hasn't made a test ton. Does it feel to you like he maybe needs this kind of refresher?
0: Well, Gabby, you were with us in 2019 and he was coming in at two for nothing pretty much every innings, right? So Mm. it is something, this is in England, I should say. So, It's something that he's been conditioned to doing for all the wrong reasons. And that was when um, Australia had some challenges at the top of the list away from home. It has meant that Smith had to play the safety valve role and often to great effect. And those numbers from Crash bear that out. So I I do think that Smith's always been more effective coming in at two for not many as opposed to two for 200. I've always felt that Smith's at his best when his back's against the wall and he can play uh, uh, counter-attacking cricket. The one small caveat there is that he's not the same player that he was in 2019. He isn't the fluent stroke maker who you know, played through mid-wicket like a dream, who seldom missed an opportunity to score. He is different now. He does better the slower tempo. He is more attritional in the way he accumulates runs, and he does occupy the crease uh, in a different kind of way. And that's to be expected. That's not criticism. That's just evolution. Someone who's played for as long as him, carrying the back injury that he takes everywhere with him, uh, so many cricket balls that he's hit across the journey. It's only it's only natural that your game changes towards the back end of the career. And I think that's what we're seeing with Smith. And that's also, by the way, I think part of the reason that temperamentally sets him up well to be an opener. You do want that traditional opening role is someone to you know take the shine off the ball, excuse the cliche, mm. and to um, bet in and try and, to lay a platform and not let the opposing side get any momentum with their first new ball. So that could be an advantage. The downside of that, though, is that um, they're replacing David Warner, who's played a very different role, striking at 70 across his long test career, which has meant that Warner and Kalaja have complemented each other quite well. Since returning to the test side, Kalaja strikes at 40, Warner strikes at 70. They're performing very different roles in tandem. So, look, they're, they're, there's no perfect answer. If there was an opener who was right-handed, who struck at 70, who was a traditional opener, they'd be picking them right now, but none of the candidates tick every box. There's... Um, some who are right-handed, Bancroft and Smith, and maybe even Green, who's been speculated. There are some who bat at a slightly higher tempo. Probably Marcus Harris is the, the closest to Warner in, in that sense, although Warner is truly irreplaceable on that front. He's, a, he's been a one-off batting at that, at that strike rate for such a long time. But you can't get everything you want. So I think the selectors are going to have to make a decision on balance rather than that they're being the, the perfect solution. Uh, but, you know, if you're looking at someone who, who wants to do the job with heaps of test experience and it gets Cameron Green in all at the same time, then Smith might be, uh, might just end up being uh, the last man standing in that debate.
1: We're talking to Adam Collins from SEN Cricket. If they don't go with the traditional opener to replace David Warner, who is the unluckiest of the three that have been mentioned?
0: Yeah, look, Bancroft's the leading run scorer in Shield Cricket over the last two years. He was desperately unlucky to lose his spot after two test matches in England in 2019. Now, putting all to one side what happened in South Africa in 2018, by the way, and I think yeah, 95% of people do. There's always going to be some people in the margins for Cameron Bancroft who will never accept uh, his place as a test cricketer again after the, the suspension and all the rest of it. But um, getting beyond all of that, uh, I think that Bancroft would have the, the best numerical case for inclusion, being a right-hander as well. But Marcus Harris was also desperately unlucky to be left out in the summer of 21-22, remembering that he was the leading run scorer at Melbourne on a really tough track where Australia bowled out England for 67 the mm. following day. Um, he, didn't, he played at Sydney and got a couple of starts, and he was, no, nothing was particularly wrong about the way he played that week. But they had to find room for Travis Head coming back from COVID, and Usman Khawaja strummed twin tons. So there was nothing that <laughs> Harris could have done about it. He just got squeezed out of the 11 at the end of that Ashes series and hasn't been seen since. And Matt Renshaw has been someone who they've earmarked for a really long time as the guy who would ultimately come in as the test opener. Played a couple of test matches in the middle order in 2023, which didn't work out. Mm. Out of position uh, against the spinning ball they, they liked him coming down at number five and number six. It didn't work. But Renshaw has got test experience and has got a test century uh, facing the new ball here in Australia. So I think for all three of them that they would have a story about being unlucky. Um, but it's pretty clear that at least two or maybe all three uh, might be missing this prized opportunity.
1: And just very quickly, Collar, we've got to get to a break, but you host the Final Word Cricket Podcast with Jeff Lemon. You had Michael Bevan uh, with you last (laughs) night, a sold-out show at the Comedy Store in Sydney. He's a fascinating uh, (laughs) character, Michael Bevan. Doesn't speak much. That must have been a lot of fun.
0: He was brilliant. Yeah, we were around the corner from the SCG over in the old Fox Studios there, and uh, Bevo on form, uh, (laughs) kind of vulnerable at times as well, very honest, very funny, very dry. Uh, And, yeah, our audience loved hearing from him. Because you're right, he doesn't talk an awful lot about his career. But he was a a fabulous guest. And, uh, yeah, it was great to have him part of our final word show. We'll we'll try and release some of it on the podcast feed. Uh, Not all of it, but we'll try and release some select edits on the podcast feed at some stage this week.
1: And that's timely ahead of a test series against the West Indies because you all remember what Michael Bevan did against the Windies that night (laughs) at the SCG all those years ago. Adam Collins from SCN Cricket, thanks so much for your insights, mate. Cheers, Gabby. Go well, mate. Let us know what you think about that. What should the Australian selectors do? 0457 736 736. Who should get the nod to replace David Warner at the top of the order? Back with more soon.